I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The Beijing Winter Olympics are only a few weeks away, and yet the talk is about Russia lining up, possibly positioning to invade the Ukraine. So is this a new chapter in the Vladimir Putin playbook, or have we seen this movie before? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, it was 14 years ago, on the eve of the Beijing Summer Olympics, that Russia invaded Georgia shortly after the Games began. How did that play out? What can we learn from all of that? Uh, Someone who was intimately involved in uh, a lot of what happened during that incredible season 14 years ago. Uh, Ronald Fox is the president of the Fox Group. And a few days after the opening of the Olympic Games, again, these are the Beijing Summer Games 14 years ago. Russia invaded Georgia. Uh, Ron actually got sent with little notice to the Ukraine. He represented the White House and the State Department there. And he joins us live on the line now. Ron, thanks for joining us today. Good afternoon, Boyd. Uh, Good to be with you. Uh, so this has to feel like a little bit of uh, deja vu all over again, uh, because you tell us how you saw this movie play out 14 years ago. Well, we were all watching the Olympic Games, and then you know the news shifted to Russia being aggressive and 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 invading uh, Georgia. As a result of that, uh, the president, who was in China at the time for the games, uh, then assembled his uh, national security team and and uh, basically assigned out. Uh, the Secretary of State, uh, who went to Poland, uh, Vice President Cheney went to Ukraine and to Georgia. And we were basically trying to shore up our NATO allies, uh, reassuring them of our commitment to the uh, current situation in Europe. Uh, it was a, it was almost identical to what we're facing today. The I will say that the the degree of saber rattling is a little louder this time than it was at that time. Yeah, fascinating. So take us behind the scenes just a little bit, Ron. In, in your work, you've been behind the scenes uh, with a, a host of different presidents and administrations and, and big events of all kinds and uh, international things. Uh, give us a little sense. What was that like? Uh, knowing that Russia had invaded Georgia at the time, uh, what was your sense uh, going into the Ukraine and uh, what was that experience like? Well, it was very different. Uh, you know, with very little notice, I got a call here in Salt Lake and said, hey, can you go 
uh, to the Ukraine for two weeks. And I said, well, okay. And uh, so they flew us out, and I headed up a team of about uh, 14 people. Uh, and that doesn't include the Secret Service. This is just staff people. So we set up a series of meetings with the president, the prime minister. Uh, Viktor Yuchenko was the president at that time. Uh, and he was the individual who was poisoned by the Russian government mm. uh, and barely made it. Uh, and then we had a, a woman a prime minister that we also met with who shortly afterwards got crosswise with the government and put into jail for a number of years. Mm. Uh, it, it's a it's a beautiful country, wonderful people. But let me share with you that, you know, when we got there, you know, uh, it, the security was extremely tight. Uh, for our government to provide for us and, and for the vice president. And uh, because there was seriously a great number of Russian agents that were moving throughout the country, you know, gathering the information, uh, measuring weaknesses. Uh, it was it was very, uh, very evident. Uh, it was strange. You know, here I am, a, a guy from Salt Lake. And when you get into this position, you have a rank of a two-star general. And, and I had a a Marine driver, and I had a Marine actually standing out in front of my uh, hotel room 24/7 while executing this inform- you know this this particular task. But the thing is that what was important was the meetings that occurred, and and my role working with Ambassador William Taylor and Bill Taylor got involved most recently in the Trump administration with that call that was made to the president of of Ukraine, and which the Congress got involved and. Bill is now, uh, I think uh, he's a vice president of the Institute for Peace. But uh, it, it was it was very tense, uh, and there was no question that there was a lot of uh, underpinnings uh, in their government uh, with Russian sympathies, and then there were a number of people who were uh, had been in what they called the Orange Re- Revolution, where they broke away from Russia and wanted to remain very independent. And, and as a, you know, as someone who had never been there before, it was truly an education and a quick one, uh, working with the State Department and the White House to achieve, achieve our objectives. Yeah, and I, that has to be such an interesting feeling. I, I think uh, so many people today are, are focused on, you know, how many troops are on the ground, how many tanks, you know, what is Russia positioned there along the border. Uh, but I think what, what you've alluded to, Ron, in terms of the tension inside the government, knowing that there were Russian agents and those that were uh, sympathetic or pro-Russian uh, people within the government, uh, positioning and undermining credibility. Uh, how did that all feel? What was the sense of that as you went through those negotiations? Well, you know, the people are like any other people in a country. They just want to go along and 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 uh, get their day to day work. And and there were, what was surprising to me, of course, was driving through from the airport the first day and seeing older people saying, "We want Russia back because we we got we have to be responsible. We don't we, you know, they took care of them, uh, per se. Um, but the feelings there were were you know quite a, a strong economic. Uh, push to build up the country. Uh, it is interesting that, you know, when the Russians left the first time, that there were a lot of the oligarchs that were still Russian that controlled the water, the power, the, the major industries there. And there's still a lot of ties there uh, that, you know, just cannot uh, 
be broken away. But they were having a thriving economy. I, I saw, you know, luxury cars and and people were in, you know, people were really enjoying and had a good and excellent uh, economic uh, uh, drive there. And, and people were successful. Yeah. Um, I, w- I went out. You know, and and you know, some of the LDS people would be concerned because we have a temple there too now, and and there's some concerns of you know what do we do with all of our missionaries that are currently there. Yeah. And uh, in my previous trip, I actually met with Elder Uchtdorf, who was a neighbor of mine, and you know, I he had a very good grasp of what the current foreign policy issues were yeah. with that country. Oh, that is just absolutely fascinating. Before I let you go, Ron. Um, yeah. As as we look forward on this, we know that uh, we've we now officially have eighty five hundred U.S. troops on high alert, um, yep. possibly going to the region, probably not into Ukraine, but probably a station there in Eastern Europe. Uh, what are you watching for uh, in the days ahead that maybe we're missing? Well, I think it was pointed out by a couple of uh, military observers that you know there's a window uh, for them uh, in their motorized tank divisions that they have to pretty well act by uh, mid-March because the ground is frozen. They can move faster. And if they're actually going to make an assault, I think you made a very good point about the fact that Vladimir Putin is rattling the sabers just for his own political necessity of him being important within the eyes of his own people. I think that the other major thing that we have to watch is with the Olympic Games going forward, I I have a feeling that they may not blow up until after the games. And then I have to add one other thing. I'm, I'm most concerned about China and then uh, Taiwan. Uh, I mean, there's been, there's been a lot of uh, concern over the fact that China may make a move on Taiwan, but all of these issues, whether it's Ukraine or Taiwan, it's playing kind of a Russian roulette with the world. And it is of concern. Yeah. Uh, Great insight as always. Ron Fox, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. An incredible perspective from 14 years ago, uh, something we all should learn from as we deal with the issues of today. Thanks for joining us, Ron. You're welcome. Have a good day, Boyd. Uh, Again, is this a a new chapter in the Vladimir Putin power playbook, or have we seen this movie before? That is so incredible to me. 14 years ago, Beijing Summer Games – Russia invades Georgia shortly after the games begin. Ron Fox, an extraordinary look behind the scenes and what he was tasked to do as he represented the White House and the State Department in the Ukraine 14 years ago, right up to an Olympic Games. We've seen this movie before. Will we learn the lessons of history and what will we do in response to Vladimir Putin? We're going to continue to break it down. Stay with us on Inside Sources. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. 
That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.